0: The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 All right. Hello, everyone. We have a guest here today. I'm super excited to introduce you all to Kat. So Kat, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Hi, everybody. I'm Kat Simpson. You probably know me from, or you might know me from my page on Instagram, just another dental student. Um, I'm a third year at Harvard Dental School. Um, a little bit about me, um, how I got started, I guess, in dentistry, my like journey to there. Um, I, what a lot of people don't know about me is I was actually homeschooled from grade like K through 12. Um, And then I went to college at Marquette University. Um, I was a biomedical sciences major and a dance minor, which is really fun. I've been doing ballet since I was five. And then in college, I really um, got an interest in dentistry. And from there, you know, applied, did the whole thing. Um, And now I'm here. There's obviously more to that. Um, But yeah. That's a good baseline
0: intro and gives us a lot of information to kind of unpack today and then also get into like how dental school has been going. But I want to talk a little bit about your background first, too. So you went to Marquette, Mm -hmm. biomedical sciences major. Was that the plan when you first started off? You knew you wanted to do something science related or did you pick that major later on?
1: Yeah, so I actually I had a conversation with, you know, a family friend who is a dentist And, you know, she said dentistry is a great career. Even if you don't go into it, I would highly recommend a biomedical sciences major. If you do want to go into that, or, you know, you want to go to medical school or something. I was pretty service oriented in high school um, and was really interested in science. So I just figured, you know, I don't know. I don't, I think in high school, we don't really always know where we're going to end up, but I just was like, okay, dentistry, I'll look into it. And here I am. Yeah,
0: I totally get that. It was like, That sounds good. But then everything I did was like a lot further investigation, but it actually Mm -hmm. turned out to be like a good fit.
1: So, Yeah, exactly. I was, I was lucky that, you know, one of the first things I thought of doing ended up being like the thing. So definitely. So for
0: pre-dents, do you have any advice for, I guess, like navigating if dentistry is the right path for them compared to something else?
1: I honestly think shadowing is like your biggest, your, your biggest asset, honestly, like shadowing and making connections with dentists and other healthcare providers, um, learning why they like their job, what they don't like about their job. Everybody has something they don't like about their job. So I think that's also important. Um, and just really thinking about what it is that you want your life to look like moving forward. I think it's easy to glamorize, um, certain career paths without actually thinking if they're a good fit for you. So, really, I honestly, like maybe journaling or something like that, and really write it down, figure out what you're looking for, yeah, and I
0: know from my understanding, Harvard is pretty medical based, like your curriculum yes. even at the dental school, so yeah. is that something I guess like how did that interest you in the program, and how have you found the like medical based first year and going through the rest of your time?
1: yeah, yeah, um. So I think you've had Bart on the podcast before. He probably explained a little bit about this, um, that there's one year of medical school before starting dental school here. Um, It's very unique. And I think just a very odd program. And a lot of people will think, why would you want to go to med school for a year? Why wouldn't you just want to start dental school? Um, And my main reasoning was that I got really interested in anatomy in college. And I was like obsessed with the way that everything was connected. Like all, all the veins, the arteries, the nerves, and... I took a class head and neck anatomy, which I loved. And it was just so cool seeing how everything was interconnected. And that really like showed me how systemic dentistry really is and how systemic oral health is. And I think from there, I really wanted to dive into that. I really, really wanted to dive in like how interconnected the body is and that made HSCM a good fit for me. So, yeah. So if anyone listening
0: is really interested in Harvard as well. Mm -hmm. What are some things you think that they look for in their applicants?
1: Um, we're all so different. I feel like everybody at the school has a completely different story, which is so interesting. Um, I think they're like any school, just looking for someone that's really well-rounded, um, you know, extracurriculars here and there. I think one thing I've noticed is that A few of us, you know, started clubs or showed like leadership in some way that was, um, I guess outside of the box. You know, um, I started a dental brigade at my school, so that was kind of like my thing, and that was like my pet project. I know someone else, you know, started like a jewelry company that the funds went towards, um, like pediatric dentistry and helping kids out, and so I think just like taking something that you want and like really making ownership of it is something that they really admire. Not to say that's the only way to get in. They'd probably get mad at me if I said that's the way you get in. But I think they're looking for really well-rounded people and people that enjoy what they're doing. I think it can really come across in your application if you really enjoy the extracurriculars that you're doing. Um, So that's important. Um, Yeah, I would say that's what they look for. And someone who's really interested in doing a year of med school, because not everybody is. And it's totally fine. If not, I get it.
0: Yeah. I tell that to pre-dents a lot. Like there's not a cookie cutter. Like this is the steps to get into dental school. And like, yeah. you have to do this type of club and this many hours of this and this many mm-hmm. hours of that, because they're looking for individual people to make like a balanced class. Yes. Have like kind of a little bit of everything. So you want to just like fully lean into like who you are yes, and like, exactly really go after your passions and your interests and then you're naturally going to enjoy doing those activities more too and then you're going to accumulate those hours that like show up on an application.
1: Yeah, I think you really have to have like your pet projects at school, things you like love to do and things you care about and then that'll come through in your application. Um also one more thing is also don't I think applicants can often get caught up in like the numbers of it all, right? Like you're saying like oh well, my GPA needs to be this, like my dot score needs to be this. Um, my dad score is below HSDM's average. And I thought because of that, that I would never get in. And it was like my reach school, along with like some other schools, some top schools like Michigan and, and Penn. And I just thought, well, I'm never going to get into those schools, but you know, we'll see. Right. Um, so I wouldn't let the numbers stop you because sometimes there can be other things in your application that they'll pick up.
0: Totally agree. And that's really great advice for the pre-dents. I also want to pick your brain a little bit about advice for people that got into dental school and they're about to start. I know our first year started the middle of June. So they're kind of been here for a little bit, but I know some other schools maybe started end of July or start in August. So do you have any advice for incoming first years? You can keep it general or give it specifically for your school, whatever you feel better at.
1: Sure. It's a little hard to give like general advice just because our first year is so like different, like we don't pick up a handpiece till second year. Um, so it's like super different from other schools where you're kind of like doing cavity preps and things in the first few months. Um, I was super jealous of y'all <laughs> for getting into clinic so early. Um, but I think just in general, like try to find your people. I think that's something that has really, um, become a big part of like my dental school experience has been the people I surround myself with. Um, I think first year, I kind of struggled to find like really good people that I like vibed with and like felt super supported by. And that's not to say, you know, like there are people here who are bad. It's just, you know, you have to find people who are the right fit for you. And I feel like in the recent, you know, second to third year, I found people who like, I truly love to be around and they make the bad days a little less bad (laughs) and the good days even better. Um, Yeah. So I think like the people you surround yourself with and also just. Just. This is so general, but just taking care of yourself. I like, I recommend to anybody, any first year, like just get a therapist or, you know, get an appointment with whatever, um, you know, mental health counseling your school might offer. Cause I think it's so important to like, start off with like a good base in dental school.
0: Yeah, I know I leaned on our school's, like, psychologist a lot our first year. I haven't, like, kept up with her as much, which maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. But first year, that was, like, really, really helpful with the transition from undergrad into dental school and everything. And sometimes, like, because our person was, like, dental school specific, like, she only Mm -hmm. worked internally with the dental students. And sometimes it was just nice to hear, like, oh, yeah, like, a lot of people are feeling that way. And it's different than when I would like talk to my parents or talk to my friends that aren't dental students, because when they try to encourage you, you're kind of like, you just don't get it. But when you're talking <laughs> to someone still non-biased, but that gets it, it makes a really big difference. So if your school offers like that, I definitely recommend it too.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, it's funny. Cause I have, I also work with a psychologist, but she's not dental specific and she'll say stuff like that. Like, well, I'm sure a lot of people are feeling that. I'm like, you don't know that, (laughs) but yeah. I
0: know. I know. Sometimes it just means more when I'm like, I know you've sat through eight appointments today. So if you actually heard that from many people, that makes me feel better.
1: That would make me feel so much better. Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) So circling back a little about Harvard and like the curriculum being unique, Is there any other elements that drew you to choose to go to HDSM?
1: Yeah. Um, So obviously like the medical integration with oral systemic health, love that. Um, But there are also other things like when I interviewed, I just, I love the people that I met. They were so different from what I expected. And I just felt kind of at home there, which I know is not helpful for some people, but sometimes you just go to a school and you know that it's the one for you um, that, and there's a pass-fill curriculum, which is really nice. Um, it's pretty unique, I think for, for a dental school to have a pass-fill curriculum. And that really stood out to me. I don't think I knew that when I applied, but when I found out on the interview, I was like, oh yes, this is great. Um, and I think in senior year of college, I was extremely burnt out. I had really pushed myself to the edge. Unfortunately, I just, I totally burnt myself out. And I was feeling like, okay, if I'm going to go into dental school, I've really got to find some more balance in my life. And I kind of jumped at that chance once I got the offer at HSTM because I was like, this past fail thing is going to be key. And it ended up being key. So, yeah.
0: So we've talked about balance a few times. You keep bringing up that word. And I know from connecting with you on social media and everything that you definitely prioritize fitness as much as you can fit into your routine. But is there anything else that you like to do to kind of keep your mental well-being in check.
1: Yeah, I really got into meditation the summer between senior year and first year of dental school, which I think was really great. That's something that I kind of come in and out of as a habit. Right now, I'm not really meditating as much, but I'm trying to get back into it. Um, it's it's so cool because there's just, just like ten minutes in your day and you think, oh, that's well, not gonna make a difference, you know, like why would meditation work for me? but as soon as I tried it, I, I, I got it, you know, a couple of weeks in, I started to feel like more aligned with myself and just felt like a little bit more clear in my thoughts and just felt a little bit happier, honestly. So meditation is big. I have like a little five minute journal, highly recommend that is great in the mornings. If I have time, I honestly haven't done it though this week going into clinic, I'm going to be like totally honest there. Um, Yeah. And I also do like some other little like crafty stuff. I like color and I cross stitch. Um, Yeah.
0: That's nice. It's a good mix of things. It's like, you can kind of evaluate what you need and then pick something that will help.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I've definitely figured out that with, with balance, it's not like you have to do the same thing every single day to feel balanced. It's like what you need every day is totally different. Mm -hmm. Some days you might need to go to the gym and just like get a really good workout in, come home, make a healthy meal. And sometimes you just need to like get a bowl of mac and cheese and like watch your favorite show. So, exactly.
0: <laughs> that is so true. Um another thing you were mentioning starting clinic. So, I do want to talk about like your first couple years of dental school, but since you're in it right now, do you want to just like vent out your different feelings of how like just starting is going, how prepared you feel, how
1: not prepared you feel? Yeah. Um, so we just started seeing patients a week ago, like our own patients. We had a couple patient encounters right before summer break, um, where we just had new patient intakes. We were seeing new people and doing just like intake exams. So, you know, doing perio charting and stuff like that. Um, but now we're finally with patients and, you know, starting to book appointments to do fillings, things like that. And it's so scary. (laughs) I think it's really scary. Um, What's weird about it is there's just so many firsts packed into like one day. Like, I just did my first profi today on a real patient, and that was like, it was, it was amazing. You know, it went really well. And I mean, not all the firsts go very well, but you have to grab them where you can. Uh, yeah, I clinic is just wild right now. I honestly don't even know if I understand it at this point. It's so different. And with the HSDM curriculum, we actually do. Um, like our restorative portion of our um, our lab time before we go into clinic but then we do all of our pros stuff um, all of our pros lab stuff when we go into clinic so we'll have patients come in that like need crowns and we can't actually do them yet um, so we have to like refer and it's a little complicated like what we can and cannot do at this point um, so it's a little hard to juggle but it's just it's wild and I'm so glad we have good faculty here that are so supportive because it's just so hard to navigate I feel like prepared yet unprepared (laughs) if that makes sense
0: no I totally agree that's I think that's pretty standard for dental students like of course we've done a bunch of stuff on typodonts, and we've practiced on each other for certain things but like nothing is the same when you know this is a real patient and like you're doing especially when you do your first like operative work that's like not reversible like if you like don't get all the calculus off on a profi, it's like embarrassing but it's fine like they'll fix it whatever like you're not really gonna hurt anybody but Mm -hmm. like something irreversible can be scary the first time and I also think for me one of the things that stressed me out the most wasn't even so much the procedures it was like the Looking at the patient holistically, like we were kind of talking about, like their medical background, how what we're doing dental is going to impact them systemically, what medications they're on, what conditions they may have. Like that scares me because I'm like, I don't want to overlook something or do something wrong in that sense. So for me, it was more stressed about like potential medical emergencies coming up and stuff like that. But I think as we're still continuing with like our lecture classes on top of clinic, we're getting more and more into that. So at least it's making me feel a little
1: more informed, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I totally relate to feeling like, okay, like, yeah, they, they have a mouth, but there's so much more to this person. Right. Um, I've had the same thought about like, Oh, well, what if I forget something and it's, it's so hard because you just have to trust yourself to like pay attention to the details. Um, Yeah. But it's also something I feel like we have to like learn as we go on, um, which is kind of a weird part of dentistry
0: but yeah yeah it's always learning in dentistry but like I feel like dental school and then probably our first couple years out of practice is like the most learning like per year and then it'll kind of slow down as we go but always new things to learn and I feel like if you are someone that hates being challenged and hates being uncomfortable you've either got to get over it or pick a new field and I'm one that's trying to get over it because before dental school like I just gravitated towards things I was good at and not to say like I had the hardest time learning how to do like dental hand skills I was kind of like average I'd say but just like failing things and like struggling is so inevitable in dental school and like even you and I were talking and like messages like any appointment that you think is going to go easy like it never does it seems or even when I'm assisting I'm like oh like this should be a quick assist and then we're there the full three hours because like a denture adjustment ends up to like this whole big thing so like you just need to go into it being comfortable with
1: being uncomfortable and constantly learning yeah I think we're very similar because I also hate being uncomfortable and one of the fourth years that I recently talked to gave me some really good advice she she said you're going to be doing new stuff every day and you just have to learn to not freak out about doing new stuff every day and learning new stuff every day, because this is just how it's going to be for like the next two years and a few years afterwards. So you just have to learn how to, you know, just kind of like, okay, we're doing this and move on, which I'm still working on.
0: Yeah. It's never probably won't ever come naturally to us, but if we can adjust our minds each time to like get ourselves back in check, they're like, okay, it's fine. This is just how it is. I'll get through it (laughs) for sure. So you've talked a little bit about first year and we've talked about where you are now, but is there anything I guess that went differently than you expected the first two years of dental school that you've done
1: so far? I think what's been so different to me or like what surprised me about dental school maybe is that everything is so exact yet not exact. Like you can get failed for like this tiny little millimeter of a change, you know, on, on your prep. And yet the way different people approach dentistry is so different. I think that's what like really struck me. I came into this field thinking, okay, like you have this diagnosis and you do this. And it really struck me that all these different professors have different ideas of how you should handle things. And none of them are like really wrong. Um, I guess some of them could be wrong, um, but they're all so different. And I don't think I expected that. I thought dentistry was much more like cut and dry than it really is.
0: Yeah. And it's so technical too. Like, oh, like I believe you should always bevel in this situation. And it's like a bevel when you look at it is like this like slight angulation that like barely takes off any tooth structure. And some people are like, you must do it. And some people are like, don't do it. But like at the end of the day, it's this tiny little thing anyways, but we're working on such tiny objects, these teeth. And then it somehow has this like big result. Cause if it's wrong, people's teeth will be damaged. Their bite could be damaged. They're then relating to how they live their lives. So it's wild that like the littlest things also can have such a big impact too.
1: Yeah. So that, yeah, that's definitely something I would tell maybe like a first year going in is like, don't be surprised if one professor has, you know, yeah, like some sort of specific thing that they want with a bevel, you know, they might want a three millimeter bevel and someone else wants you to just do one millimeter and there are different opinions and everything. You kind of have to roll with it.
0: Yeah. And I think as you go through, especially once you get into clinic and you're trying things on with patients, I think you'll find, and I mean, I'm just getting started too. It's only my first semester of clinic, but like I think we'll find faculty that we like to work with more consistently. Like at first, it's nice to just try kind of everyone out, see how they are, see how you click. But I think as we get like finish the school year by next year, we'll be like, okay, like these are the people I really like for this discipline and this discipline. And we just think alike and have the same kind of philosophy. And you'll probably more so like adopt the way that they do things clinically once you like realize that you align with them that's what I've noticed from fourth years and people that have graduated
1: and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure in, you know, 15 years, we're going to be like, Oh, never bevel this amount. Like you should bevel this amount. So I'm sure we'll form our own opinions based off of those faculty and everything.
0: Yeah. And like, you have to do it and see what happens. Like it's so different working on a plastic tooth. It doesn't have like dent and tubules and it's not gonna, we're not going to do a bunch of biting cycles on it and see how things hold up. Like, When you have practice and you see patients come back to you in a year Mm -hmm. and see how the work is holding up, then you're going to be like, oh, that was when I did this with this faculty and look how beautiful it still looks or, oh, it's kind of got a little like margin right there. Like that's open and that's not good. Like, what did I do wrong? And we'll be able to also like self-evaluate that way too.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I kind of want to pivot topics a little bit. I have like two more things to talk about before we wrap up. So I know you went to Marquette. Are you from Wisconsin originally?
1: No, I'm from Texas, actually.
0: Texas. Oh, wow. So this is kind of a two-part question then. So you moved family in Texas, you moved to Wisconsin, and then you moved to Boston. Yeah. So do you have advice for people? That are moving away from family and friends for school.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in college, I actually wanted to go somewhere far away. I'd lived in Texas my whole life. And so I was actually really excited about going out and like trying something new. Um, it really wasn't until dental school that I got more homesick actually. And I find that I call my mom and my sister a lot more now. I think advice would be just really utilize those communication tools that you have, like FaceTime and everything like that. Um, And I mean, visit as much as you can. I don't think I visited home enough in college because I was like on the grind and felt like I needed to study every single, you know, three-day weekend we had. And that was just silly. So highly recommend just going home for a weekend. (laughs) Definitely. And it's hard to
0: like you said, when you're in it in the moment, like you can just feel kind of weighted down by everything going on. But maybe it's just because we're older now, or maybe it's just different types of pressure. But like in dental school now, I have much less worries if I'm like, you know, I'll deal with that dental school thing tomorrow. Like I'm going to spend time with my family or my boyfriend or whatever. And like, I've gotten so much better at just, putting things aside and like focusing on personal life stuff. And I don't know if it's just that we're maturing or that dental school is different, but I definitely am able to do that now more in dental school. I don't know about you.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I feel like it is just maturing, like becoming an adult. I feel like I can just process things so much better now, now that I'm older and yeah, things are just easier to compartmentalize. I think in college, you know, I would always, if I got a bad grade, I'd like call my mom crying, you know, bawling on the phone. I don't know how many calls she got from me during like ochem and other classes like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but now it's more like, I'll just update her on my day. And it's more like happy stuff. Or if I have a hard day, she's like, I'm sorry, sweetie. And, you know, I just kind of get over it. So it's, it's a very different type of connection now with my parents.
0: Yeah. And I think, Maybe those years of being like the science majors in undergrad just like gave us really thick skin. I don't know. Maybe going through all those tough years, we're like, you know, I still got into dental school. Somehow it all worked out. I guess everything else is going to work out somehow, too. I think that's kind of where my mind ended up like, well, somehow we'll make it through. We'll do our best. And we're going to end up knowing a lot about dentistry after four years. So it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I always think like, oh, I've had it worse, you know, or I'll compare it to, okay, I did bad on this exam. Well, I did bad on the other exam and it ended up just being fine. So, still got here. Like, we're still okay. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Hopefully, if anyone listening is, I know a lot of people said that they like listen to the podcast while they're like in their months of studying for the DAT and it Mm -hmm. motivates them. And I'm like, definitely could see that because at least, you know, on the other side, like, one day things get better. And like you were saying earlier, like even if your DAT doesn't go as you want it, there's like so many other elements of your application that can help you get into dental school too. Yeah. Yeah. So last thing I want to talk about, and this is, I guess, also kind of good for pre-dent or early in dental school students is the National Health Service Corps Scholarship. So could you talk a little bit about that for people that don't know and what the application was like?
1: Sure. So the National Health Service Corps is a scholarship that um, is it's a government funded funded scholarship. And basically you do um, for however many years you get aid for school, you do that many years working in like underserved areas, under resourced areas. So that could be anything from, you know, like a rural town to a big city that just has, you know, not enough providers or something like that, um, or has like a a small population of people that aren't getting care. So I got into that in college, um, or I I learned about it in college, just from some random guy, I guess. He mentioned it one time during like a pre, like a pre-dental meeting. And I I just didn't really pay it any mind because I didn't understand it. But then I was working at like a, a dental clinic for like underserved populations. And one of the, the dentists there is, um, in the program, he's in the loan repayment program, but he kind of talked to me about it. It, it really struck a chord with me because I want to work in those underserved areas and provide people dental care that can't always access it. And yeah. So from there, I just kind of started researching it. Um, it's, I feel like one of the less talked about scholarships, um, I think more people are getting to know about it. And I think there's, I think it's Dr. Jordan Brown on Instagram that has like a really helpful guide. If you're interested in the program, highly recommend looking at his guide because it just like lays out everything you need. Um, yeah. But you apply usually like your senior year of college or, or whatever college, whatever year you're in before dental school. And then, um, but you don't have to apply then you can actually apply like partway through dental school. You don't have to do like all four years you can do. One year, two years. There's a dog barking. That's okay. (laughs) Um, you can do like one year of school for two years of service, two years of school for two years of service. Um, and it it goes on from there. So, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else people would want to know about it.
0: Did you have like, interviews as well as like writing application parts or is it just based on like a written
1: application all right yeah the application so the application it goes up in may before you um, and you won't find out till september and it's a written application there are no like phone interviews or anything like that no interviews at all so it's all just based on your cv and then which is your resume and then it's based on you know like Letters of recommendation, which you get from usually like a faculty member at school or someone that's worked with you in the past, like an employer. I got that one dentist from the dental clinic that I talked about to write a letter for me. And then there's three short essays, and they are short. So it's really hard to like pack what you want into those essays. Um, And yeah, that's all it's based on. So it can be very vague and I think a little intimidating, but I would say for people who are interested to just go for it because that one dentist I know, he said he had written like nine letters of recommendation for people before and they hadn't gotten it. And he was like, I just want to warn you, like, don't get your hopes up. I was like, cool. Okay. Well, I'm still going to apply. And, um, I would just say to go for it if it's something you're interested in. Yeah. I was,
0: I, from what I've heard, it's, is very competitive and it's crazy to me that it's, they're just judging like these little components i mean i know you can learn about a lot about someone if you're looking at like all their different experiences i guess which do go on a cv but like i don't know it's hard to judge someone's genuine interest in working in an underserved area just by what you're saying probably like these short little paragraph responses but somehow they find a way to select people and i mean i'm sure everyone that gets it is deserving but it's just crazy like I don't know. Like at least dental schools, like for acceptances have interviews and everything to really get to know
1: the candidates. It's crazy. No, I really agree. And when I was writing the essays, I was like, how are they going to know that like, this is what I truly think. And like, this is what I truly want. And I mean, I guess it came through somehow. I don't, I really don't know how they do it. I don't know how they pick people. It's kind of like dental school. You don't really know what they, what they're looking at and you will probably never know what, what made them choose you, but got to roll with it.
0: And do you think, so graduating, you'll work in an FQHC.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you know anything about the process for that? Do you get to kind of like rank locations? Can you apply anywhere as long as it is an FQHC? How does that work?
1: Yeah, you get um, sort of paired up with kind of like an advisor that will um, you'll kind of talk with about like potential areas you're interested in. So for me, I'm really interested in going back to Texas and practicing. So I'll probably talk to them about, you know, different areas in there. They have a great link on their website that shows you where all the FQHCs are and like different areas that they, they work with. So you can kind of have like a vague idea of where you're interested in. Um, And then you apply. And from what I've heard, it's kind of like just applying for like a job normally. And then if you get accepted and the NHSC deems it as qualifying, then you're all good to go.
0: And are you hoping to go back to Texas for family? And then is your fiance also hoping to do like residency and stuff over there? So you guys can kind of be in the same
1: place eventually. Yeah, hopefully it's, it's so hard right now. Cause he's a fourth year medical student okay. and I'm a third year dental student. So he has a year ahead of me. So wherever he ends up is basically where I'm going to go. Cause we've already done a few years of long distance and it's going to be about four years total by the time we're done. So we would really love to be done with the long distance portion of things. So I'm flexible. You know, if he doesn't end up going to Texas, it's okay. I'll, I'll go where he goes. Yeah. Nice.
0: And I think there's a good amount of FQHCs around there that you should, like around the country that like exist. So I would imagine you'll be able to find something wherever you need Uh, to be. So that's, I'm
1: definitely trying to not stress about it, you
0: know, And are you thinking of general dentistry long-term or do you maybe want to specialize at some point?
1: Yeah, right now, general dentistry is definitely my top. Um, I should have mentioned with NHSC that you cannot specialize before going into the service commitment. So you can do general dentistry and you can do pediatrics. And then there's also some other ones that you can do. Like you can get like a dental public health residency, like you can do that, but, um, as for, you know, like perio or endo, you couldn't like specialize in those and then go to your service. I you have to do them afterwards. Um, I'm sure you know this, but for anybody that's like interested and doesn't know. So, um, by sort of signing the contract and everything, you've kind of locked yourself into either general pediatrics and children are lovely, but I don't think pediatrics is for me right now. I don't know. I haven't gotten into peds clinic yet, but that's coming. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm- so yeah. General for me. And then, Yeah as I'm
0: on my pediatric rotation this week and last week. So it's, it's fun, but like, I don't think I could do it 24 seven. It takes a very special kind of people to do that all day, every day.
1: Oh yeah. I have no shame in admitting that. I just maybe don't have the, the set for that. Yeah, no, it's different, but do you have any
0: final, like closing thoughts you want to leave people listening with any
1: advice to finish off the episode? Sure, I guess I'm thinking about the people who maybe listen to this while they're studying for their DAT or just any pre-dental student that's listening and wants to get into dental school and just like I just want them to know that they should just trust the process, I guess. Um and know that your journey isn't going to look like everybody else's. I know this sounds so cookie cutter, but just trust that you're going to get to where you need to be and, you know, in 10 years from now you're going to look back and be like, "Wow, that happened for a reason. Like that was meant to happen." Even if it's a dental school rejection letter, or, you know, even if you have to apply a couple times, I swear, like everything happens for a reason and yeah, just don't give up hope.
0: I love that. And I love getting to end episodes on a positive note so people can finish and be like, yes. Okay. I got this. <laughs> so Thank you for that. Yeah. And thank you for your time tonight. It was really fun getting
1: to talk to you more. Yeah. It was fun getting to meet you finally. I know.